and welcome to Specific Overtures with Nate and Amjoy, a podcast dedicated to diversity in American theater. Today's guest is Philip Dawkins. We're rolling. We're rolling. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. So we're here with Philip Dawkins. Yay. Hello. Hello. Wait, Philip, what is your full name? Just for the <laughs> listening audience. My full name is Philip Edward Dawkins. <gasps> hubbub, hubbub. Oh, that sounds oh. regal. It does. <laughs> it sounds slightly like inbred in English. <laughs> um, yeah. Are you English? I'm. Yes. Yeah. My family's background on both sides is... Pretty heavily English. Not oh, a lot of okay. not a lot of variation. Oh. Pardon okay. pardon that noise. I don't actually know when that's oh it did something. Like a round of coffee. Yeah. Coffee. This is we've been drinking coffee for five hours now. <laughs> yes. We're all very jittery. So I have to so now we're going to the downers. We're at the downers. Yeah. We're up, we gotta go back down. Yeah. I got my tequila. Right. You got your by the end of this interview, I'm just gonna be on the floor. <laughs> yeah. He's like passed out. He's passed out. Oh man. Well, thank you for joining us. Have you done a lot of I don't think so. Really? <laughs> to your knowledge? I don't think we so. haven't either. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Uh, okay, so why don't you tell us a little about a bit about your history and like where you come from and like about your, you know, what you do in the theater. So what I do in the theater is I'm a playwright, mm-hmm. uh, which I enjoy, and I also teach. I teach playwriting, um, and and I. You know, I'll, I'll kind of do whatever, but mostly playwriting. And I come from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Phoenix and then got out of there as fast as I could <laughs> because it was, it was just too warm and pleasant. I needed to come to somewhere that was... Uh, terrible winters. Terrible winters. Sure. It just it wasn't enough of a... <laughs> Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just too easy. Um, Did you go for college? Is that why you came to Chicago? I came to Chicago... Uh, well, I... Yes. I came... I went to Loyola okay. uh, University, Chicago. Um and, but I, I was really only looking at colleges in Chicago. I pretty much knew I wanted to come here. And then when I found Loyola, I was like, ah, yes, here it is. This is great. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I bought a coat for the first time. Because uh, <laughs> you don't have coats in Arizona. No. Right. No. no right. They're like, oh, right. no. We have vests, but not exactly. coats. <laughs> Where do you put your gun? Um, so that was that was 18 years ago, and I love I've been here ever since. Wow. I love it here. It's great. Yeah. It's an awesome place to be uh, writing and creating, and you know, there's cool there's cool community here, and mm-hmm. um, both inside and outside the theater community. I think there's just lots of opportunity. If you're bored in Chicago, it's your fault. It's true. It's to do. There's plenty to do on a budget or free. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just find it it's an inspiring place to be. What do you do on a budget or for free in Chicago? Uh, apparently I do podcasts. Yeah, I do. Well, I... He did not pay us. (laughs) So that is something. (laughs) We paid him in coffee. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Um, well, so I'm a cyclist, so, uh, this is a really great city to cycle in because it's so flat. Oh, yeah. Um, so I do a lot of that. There's a lot of wonderful, uh, bike trails and there's a... What's your path? What's your path of choice? 
Well, so, uh, so I actually live really close to Lakeshore Drive. So absolutely, Lakeshore. Yeah, the Lincoln Park, That's that Lakeshore path is amazing. great. Also, Halstead. I live right at the end of Halstead, um, which I could take basically to, like, I guess Missouri or so. It goes forever. I mean, Virginia, there's this awesome. I'm gonna get this all wrong. This is gonna be full of full of vague. We're gonna have discretion. We're not gonna fact check this okay. podcast. It's fine. Say whatever you want. Also, Halstead ends right at. at Basically, my neighborhood, it ends uh, right before Buena Park. Mm-hmm. But Halstead starts like three states away. There's an awesome documentary narrated by Studs Terkel that starts at the beginning of Halstead Street and then just goes, it takes you through kind of like the ethnography of the street. Oh, that's and, so, and cool. like, that's so crazy. It's a fascinating documentary. You can watch it on YouTube. It's oh. available. Um, and it's just also has not... At least the parts of Halstead that I know, the parts in Chicago, it hasn't changed that much since that documentary. So it's pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. cool. And it's, I didn't know that. Also, it's Dust Turkle and that yeah, voice. And he's like grumpy and knowledgeable about it. I love it. it. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. Oh. That's cool. That's so awesome. that's, that's a nice thoroughfare. And there's a bike lane on Halstead. So that can take me to mm-hmm. other things like Lincoln and, you know, the other neighborhoods. Tasty, safe spaces to be on yeah. the road. Um, Milwaukee. Do you get play ideas while you're biking on these paths? Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's almost a good exclusively. I can really not think about playwriting unless I'm on my bike. Oh wow! To a certain extent, I do a lot of writing, writing while riding, like brainstorming, <laughs> writing while you're biking. Yeah. That's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I would love to see oh, that. Also, Siri, write this down. <laughs> might be illegal. Yeah. Um, Multitasking at its best. Uh, no, I'll just do it out loud, or I'll, I'll um, for the world. <laughs> yeah, for anybody, I'll just be passing by. He's doing a homosexual monologue down Lake Shore Drive, and like no, I'll, I'll record it. Like yeah. I'll, yeah. Record, I'll call myself and record oh, it into so an answering great. machine, or I'll just turn my recorder on and put it in my my you know my uh, chest pocket or something like yeah. that, and just talk out loud, which help because you can kind of only concentrate on one thing while you're. Bike, you know, it's like so you can kind of get out of your own way. Yeah, you have two goals on your bike. You know, one is like don't die. That's great. And the other one is you can think on one other thing. And so it sort of gets rid of all the distractions almost because there's so many. Yeah. You know, I can't be thinking about laundry. I can only be thinking about don't (laughs) die and one other. Right. Right. (laughs) Philip, do you know how to tap? Do you see how deflected? I do not know how to tap. My. my things I do with my feet of choice. <laughs> yeah, what do you do with your feet? <laughs> I do kind of, I do kung fu. You so. do kung fu. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. I do kung fu. So, like, did you have you done that ever since you were a little kid, or did you just get no, into I, it? No, like, I found is... that as an adult. Uh, I was really? just feeling kind of stagnant and and like I wasn't part of a. I, I started kung fu and, and cycling kind of around the same time. Mm-hmm. When um, was that? Like 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. something like that. And I just wandered into. Uh, a kung fu school that was close to my neighborhood, right around where Halstead ends. We're just going to keep it right around. Right. Oh, Halstead. sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it was, it's called Rising Phoenix Kung Fu, and it um, you know the women who run it have become really important people to me in my life. And I kind of I don't remember deciding to do it. They were just like, "Come back Monday," you know, like, "Well, we're you're in, <laughs> you're in. Yeah. We've initiated. You got the part. <laughs> you're on." Um, and it's great. It, and I know I haven't done it in a little while because of an injury, and I really miss it. Um, like yesterday, I, I led a, uh, the Steppenwolf Youth Council asked me to 
uh, or young adult council asked me to come in and uh, lead a playwriting workshop with them. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do my Kung Fu playwriting thing. Is that cool? And they're like, yeah. So where we get up on our feet and I, I show a couple of kicks and blocks and stuff. And then I'm like, here's what that has to do with playwriting. And they're like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, that's all right. We move. Um, and it was great. It was good to just like do it and move again. I was like, oh, I really miss this. I really miss this. But when do you do you think that you'll be able to go do it again? Is that I don't know. I sort of reorganized my life around not having that time in my schedule. Uh, so uh-huh. uh, we'll see. But it's always it's always in there. And yeah. it, it uh, as a student of of kung fu, I think I approach learning things differently now, and I approach How's, discovering things differently. How has it? Um, I, you know, in, in so many, I mean, so you're from Seattle yeah. and I go there a lot. And every yeah. time I go, I visit Bruce Lee's grave. Oh, sure. Uh, Bruce, <laughs> yeah. Go see Bruce and Brandon. Yes. And, um, and I, I find him incredibly inspiring and he did a lot of writing as well. When he was injured, he was like, okay, well my, my, he had a really terrible back injury and he said, my, my training can't end, mm-hmm. you know, I, just because I'm ill. So he just wrote. He wrote down all of his theories. He wrote down all of his theories about being an actor, about uh, being a martial artist, about being an artist in general. Yeah. And, um, you know, his whole approach to martial arts being that there's not one school that's better than others. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, be water, my friend, was, mm-hmm. was something that is he's, he wrote and is in my brain a lot. It's like, go, go with it. Mm-hmm. Flow, go with this flow. Don't be so stuck on one school of thought or one style, whatever it is, mm-hmm. whether you're talking about the arts or martial arts or cooking, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, like go with the, go with the place that the art wants to take you, Yeah, you know, that's and, beautiful. Yeah. And I think it, and I'm, I'm, I'm a Virgo, so I'm very like into like, no, Me this too. style, this thing. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we like mm-hmm. Tupperware. Yes, we do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love my Tupperware. The best. Is that right? a Virgo Snaps. thing? It's just Fascinating. like so, it's so Organized. great. Oh, cabinets and Tupperware. Oh, wow. oh, yes. But this is more like just have a drawer full of water. And what do you do with that? Huh. You know? But that comes from the theories of Kung Fu. It kind of... Mm-hmm. And it's, it's specifically Shaolin Kung Fu. Wow. Yeah. Cool. I actually saw the show Kung Fu in New York. So did I. You saw it? Yeah, I'm the one who loved it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you love about I it? it? I saw it opening night. I looked, well, I mean, so I, I loved so much about it. But also, like, if you are a fan slash worshiper of Bruce yeah. Lee, there was there were a lot of Easter eggs in there. Yeah, there uh-huh. were a lot of. So uh, it's people to geek out about him. Yeah, it wasn't a show for a Western audience, and uh, I'm not saying I'm not a Western audience. Sure. I am. It just happens to be this is the one thing that I'm really into, sure. and there were things in there that that were really poignant and very dramatic mm-hmm. that he didn't explain. That, that, that he, they were thinking the audience would already kind of... Or that that, that wasn't his job. You know, his job wasn't like, and now I'm going to break down for you what that means. Sure. But, you know, you know I think for a, for a different audience, it's there. You're like, oh, see what he did there? Yeah. See what it, you know, and the, the opening scene, which I won't give away because hopefully it's done again or whatever, yeah. was mm-hmm. so... And I thought, oh, now we're going to have to waste time with with him explaining why that means what it does. And he didn't. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, great, cool. <laughs> done and done. And then, yeah, yeah, done yeah. and done. Yeah. Um, I, I, thought it, I thought it was really yeah. something magical. It was really beautiful. And the movement was incredible with Sonia. Sonia Tyre. Yeah. It was easy. Oh, that's you, great. You, you worked? We worked with Jamie, who worked on some specific he, he did, things. He did the... Um, the fights? He did the fight scenes. Of yeah. It. yeah. The fights were great. Yeah. yeah. The He's, fights were great. The movement was great. The design was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked the script. It looked was, so that, was that signature? Signature. It was yeah. signature. Yeah. yeah. 
like waited in line. <laughs> I was that guy outside bad. being like, like, anybody got a ticket? Anybody? <laughs> but you got in. Loved it. Oh man, it's really, really beautiful. Um, I'm just interested. Like, did you have you always been a writer, or did you like go to school for writing? Like, what what is your history with that? Like, uh, I have, I I don't know. I guess I've always been a writer. I was yeah. writing when I was a kid. I was an only child for a long time, and uh, so just kind of had to script my own playtime mm-hmm. and yeah. had a lot of, uh, you know, I would write down the sagas of my trolls and G.I. Joes so that, <laughs> so that I would remember them. And it just became like a long soap opera that I w- was really, I was just writing soap operas when I was a kid. Would um, it be in script form? Uh-huh, it would be on little yellow legal yeah. ads. Yeah. Oh, I wrote something called Trolls, the musical. Um, <laughs> do you still have it? Oh, my Can God. we perform I it? I would love to, yes. I How do we find it? How do we do it? The yellow one. Yellow hair. (laughs) The yellow one's name was... Oh, what was the yellow one's name? I can't remember. That you named it or that the... They all had names and they were consistent. They were like the characters would stay the same. All of them. You knew who they were. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's amazing. She was the mom character. No, I can't remember. I'll play the mom. I will play (laughs) the mom. You're in. You got it. I can see it. I got it. You've got her essence. You think that you could recreate Trolls the Musical from memory? Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it! Let's do it! I figure we can get like a a like stage reading per performance contracts, and we can like brilliant. let's just yeah let's do it. yeah we'll get a grant. Get out. Trolls were great because they're not people. Mm-hmm. They're not obviously they're not people. They're not any race. No. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're just these. Cre- they're like smurfs. creatures. They're yeah, creatures. They're and yeah. you can kind of do whatever. Whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. Put whatever and for me, want. also, they weren't technically dolls. I'm doing air quotes. So, <laughs> so I was allowed to play with them. Yeah. And that yeah. was so great for me because there's only what, like, three girl GI Joes, and their yeah. faces are covered up mostly, yeah. except for the Baroness, and she's hard to find. <laughs> so it just there was, was no good... there was no eBay back then. No, <laughs> and, and unless the clothes, you know, and trolls were also like genderless. Yeah, that's so you true. Could, yeah, you're you could right. They could be anybody that you wanted. I had gender non-conforming trolls. I had one troll. <laughs> you were so happy. Please of your tell time. me this put this was put in the musical. <laughs> this is the musical. Great. There was one troll called Noelle because she was a Christmas troll when I got her. But I because oh, she had um, that's cute plastic Christmas like plastic like elf feet. Yeah. Sure. They were red and green and white and kind of came to a point. This sort of looked like Wicked Witch of West. And I accident and those didn't come off. They were like part of the troll. <laughs> And I dropped that troll in the bathtub or the sink or something, and the hair came out. I was like, oh, crud. So I got <laughs> oh, geez, what Christmas tinsel, like? and I got Christmas tinsel and silly putty, and I like made a wig <laughs> out of long, flowy, like silver Christmas tinsel, uh, and put it and stuck it inside of her skull so that she had like long, kind of like, Christmas tinsel hair. And it, his name had been Noel, and then I just kept it Noel. But in, in the story, in the saga, Noel had died by drowning. And then a spirit of Christmas inhabited Noel. Yeah. And so now he's like living in his body. But the spirit was a girl. Yeah. And so it was like female presenting in this male trope. Wow. Body. Let's do this play. It sounds kind of fascinating. Also, she <laughs> could fly. Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm playing Noel. Okay. I need it. to play Noel. That got is my, my new dream role. It used to be Jenny June. <laughs> you, you but now. You're the mom. You're the mom. I'll be Noel. Yeah. Great. I mean, so like, yes, I was writing. I was doing weird. How old were you when you wrote that? We started doing those things. Literally, literally like 10 or 11. That or is that's awesome. Pretty but great. that's around the time brilliant. where yeah. like we stopped 
it's before we start censoring ourselves, right? Nine oh, and yeah, ten. Yeah. Like when that I teach age my favorite, is... my favorite age to teach is junior high. <sighs> junior high middle school because you still have all of that wonderful, awesome, nerdy geekiness yeah. mm-hmm. that that we get into high school and everybody teaches you to shut off. So, which yeah. is so yeah. wrong. Because in junior You don't repress high, it yet. Yeah. No. You still get you still get uh, scripts from kids in junior high that are like about vampire unicorns mm-hmm. and stuff, which is amazing. Yeah. And then something happens when you become a freshman and you're like, I'm scared of everything. I'm scared of myself. I need to apologize for myself. And and then you just get boring. You have to fight through that layer as a teacher to get to like, no, what do you really want to write about? It's still there. I know those stories are still there. there. Did that happen to you? Um, no, I think the opposite maybe because I sort of fell into the, I was a child actor, so I found my theater group yeah. around that time. Like, and they um, encourage you to keep telling those stories. Yeah, so yeah. I was I was surrounded by a bunch of real genuine weirdos who were like, <laughs> Vampire Unicorn, yeah! <laughs> so, Is that your next show, Vampire Unicorn? Vampire Unicorn. Comma, yeah! yeah. Exclamation point. <laughs> Absolutely. I will totally be there. <laughs> they were just like, so, tell me more about this Spirit of Christmas troll. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, so I think that 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 helped a little bit. Yeah. You know? And then I, I didn't think of school as the place where I did creative things. I, sure. I had a very compartmentalized, a very Tupperware life. You know, like yeah. the theater was at the theater, and, mm-hmm. and you all could of be that. your creative self there. Mm-hmm. Um, were you a good student? Yeah, I was an excellent student. Yeah. It was an excellent, but it was all. I mean, like, let's bring it down, you guys. It was all. <laughs> everything was about like don't get found out as being gay. Like, everything mm. is, like, do everything you can Be to perfect. run interference. Right. And yeah. I was also doing all of this theater, which is, like, a big giveaway, so I had to do a lot of stuff. to. So I was, like... To compensate? I was the student chaplain of our Christian school. I was, like, everything. I was everything wow. I could possibly do. So I wasn't a good student necessarily because I was smart. I just had to be good yeah. yeah so that there was nothing wrong with me. There was no reason to call me into any sort of reprimand yeah. place. Yeah. So that, you know, anything to stay out of the principal's office or be questioned or looked at. This was mm-hmm. in Arizona still? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when did, you, did you, when did you come out? Like, when, like when, the minute I came out. You left. Bye! Basically. Thank you, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Chicago. Um, no, I would say a year after I did. So I, I, I graduated when I was 17, and I came out to Chicago, and that... That freshman year, the year after that summer after the freshman year, I stayed in Chicago hmm. um, and lived with some some good friends of mine. And um, they called my parents. It's like, guess what? <laughs> um, yeah, so, it was a phone call. It's a phone call, which yeah. is always a oh, nice wow. thing to do. Your yeah, parents, right. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Sorry, I'm, I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> But I mean, I and and because Loyola is Jesuit, mm. but I mean, it's it's kind of artsy and it's kind mm. of liberal too, it's right? Super so artsy, like, super that wasn't going to be a scary place to do that necessarily. No, and it wasn't. I mean, it was scary for all the reasons that it's scary. It's going to actually yeah. uh, being in that environment, you know, and and uh, the teachers and community and faculty. It was just so accepting and wonderful. You know, um, it was good. It was a good place. It was a good good safe creative fun space and now I teach there sometimes which is very full circle that is awesome do you just teach playwriting playwriting yeah yeah I teach adjunct there sometimes Uh, uh, like alongside the people 
who taught me, That's insane. you know, and That's who really were so cool. good to me. And then I look and I see the, I see the direct lineage, you know, yeah. of the students now who were, yeah. you know, I know which student you are. Yeah. Which student you are. And of course everybody is multifaceted and sure. have their mm-hmm. surprises and everything, but there are these, you know, these segments, those just types of students. Yeah. So like, okay. All right. Great. I got right. you. I yeah. got you. I'm less worried about you than you are about you yeah. because I know that I know your future to a certain extent. You're going to be okay. Yeah. It all shakes out. It's like a boggle box. You just yeah. shake it a little bit and everything falls in this little spot. But that's kind of comforting. I would think to hear from somebody who went through that same program. Right. Yeah. I can literally say I sat in that seat. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. you're sitting now. And so. it's okay. Yeah. And yeah. I can say like, if you're having this question, whether it's a big life question or an artistic question or whatever, it's like, mm-hmm. go talk to this teacher mm-hmm. because yeah. I Good guarantee results. you mm-hmm. they know what that, I took them. Yeah. They helped yeah. me with that. Like, actually we could talk about it, but walk down the hall and talk to this person. Yeah. I promise. Cause they're who helped me. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it's nice to have, uh, a really first-hand working understanding of the people in the department. Yeah. And be like, oh, you know who you need to talk to is this person. That's, um, so were you taking acting or was it just a theater It's just a theater. Major yeah, theater in major. general. So yeah. it was, yeah. And when I was there, uh, to my knowledge, I was the only theater student who was really interested in playwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of had to ask about it. I was like, so writing. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, about that. Um, so did you have to kind of create? Well, sort of. No, actually, they did a lot of helping me. Okay. Uh, their playwriting teacher had just re- retired. It was Nick Patrika. He's a um, Victory, Gon- uh, Victory Gardens Ensemble uh, playwright at the time. Now I think they're called like Emeritus or something, but he's mm-hmm. a yes. mentor and friend. Um, and so they basically they're like, hey, we're so glad you retired. Do you want to come back for one student and just work with him? And Luckily, he did, and so I had four oh, years of just working. Oh wow! Working under under so, Nick, who just taught me everything. I mean, I knew basically nothing, right? Uh, other than experience in the theater as yeah. an actor, yeah. and uh, he challenged me and pushed me. And you know, he's always still one of the first people to look at anything I have. You know, he's still that oh, touchstone. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and he's. Uh, Wonderful playwright, wonderful guy, and uh, really just kind of made that experience for me. What a cool resource um, yeah, for Loyola to be able to to give that to you. That, yeah. Um, and there was also I also took a class. I remember I took a class team taught by him. Came back into our class. He and Anne McGravy, and I. But I think that may have been screenwriting. I can't remember, but it was few and far between the mm-hmm. specifically playwriting opportunities there. But I think that's fine. I actually. You know, I actually don't think there's anything wrong with that. You can't take a class that's not a playwriting class. Like yeah. every every class, especially if it's a theater class, if it's a lighting design class, that's a you're playwriting still learning class. about yeah. it. Yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah. same you with acting know. and yeah, same with gotta, directing. Yeah, you got to like know they, it all. They all yeah. kind of feed yeah. into each all. other. And yeah. acting is just playwriting in reverse. You know, acting is just you know if you understand acting, then you know what you're looking for in a script. You know what you need. You know what tidbits need to be provided in order for you to build a character Mm -hmm. so then if you want to be a playwright just reverse that be like what do I need to provide Mm -hmm. for this actor Mm -hmm. what do I need to provide for this director Mm -hmm. what is this dramaturg looking for Mm -hmm. you know like you'll understand like just flip the page over and do it from the other end Mm -hmm. 
and you know you make it sound so easy i know well i think it's i think it's less complicated <laughs> it's a craft i mean i think there's there's a reason that playwright is spelled w-r-i-g-h-t it mm. is it is a craft i think mm -hmm. it is a skill i think lots of people disagree with me on this and i don't know that i'm right but i i feel in my experience that anyone can be taught to write a play mm -hmm. like it is a skill it, it can be difficult but in the same way they're like i don't know how to build a house but if somebody dedicated a lot of time to sitting me down and teaching me how to do it, you can learn the bones of it. The, I feel confident yeah. I can build a house. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. not any skill I have at all. I could totally get there. It is learnable. Right, right. I feel that way about playwriting. It's like yeah. building a house. If you sit down, if you dedicate the time to it, if you nurture the tools to it, you, anyone can do it. Acting, I think you can get better, but either you're watchable or you're not. That's... I would agree with that. Yeah. I think either you are a person who has a, a, a charisma that people want to watch. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this is, I don't equate this with beauty or anything. Sure, like sure. It is just watchableness. Yeah. Right. And you can't teach it. Yeah. And you can work and work and work and work. And you work. can get the techniques and you can like learn right. all of the things. And it doesn't necessarily yeah. equate with how hard you work. That is mm -hmm. absolutely true. And That's I so think, true. but those people who are like, who do all that work mm -hmm. as an actor and they get it and they put all the work in and they're just not watchable and they come. Come to me. Yes. <laughs> come That's craft stories. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Trolls too. The musical. Come to my side. <laughs> yes. Walk into my web. <laughs> brilliant, unwatchable thing. <laughs> so during Loyola, were you acting and writing then? I was. Yeah. And then what? Like what made it so that just playwriting and no more acting? Like when was that switch? Well, my senior year, Loyola just produced one of my plays. Uh, That's. So Oh which was awesome and but what was that which um, was that it was called not even the children and it was an adaptation of a short Truman Capote story or sort of like adaptation slash extrapolation uh, mm. from a story of his called one Christmas mm -hmm. um, and uh, my boyfriend at the time played Truman Capote it was it was all very it was wonderful and the the chair of the department at the time who's now the um, Dean of Fine and Performing Arts at Loyola, she, uh, Sarah Gable, um, directed it. And mm -hmm. it was just a wonderful, scary, awesome, beautiful experience. I can't believe so cool. they produced a student play on their main stage. And I can't believe it was one I wrote. I mean, it was just... And they hadn't done that. No. Yeah. And to my knowledge, I don't think they've done it since, That's actually. Amazing. So, wow. which probably... A lot of my fault. No, uh, <laughs> please. No, but, please. Uh, it was awesome, and that, and it was so hard. I mean, after I just sat here and said I don't think it's, I don't think it's that difficult. Um, <laughs> it was so hard, and I thought this is harder than I've ever worked as an actor, mm -hmm. and I thought it was a pretty hardworking yeah. actor, and yeah. it was like, and I came out of it and feel like I knew less than when I started. Oh. You know, like yeah. it, every time you open up one door, it opens up seven mm -hmm. others, and you're like, oh, I have to do that. You know, and so right after college, I, I got into this res writer's residency that um, required me to just write every day in silence and you couldn't speak to anybody else. And I thought, well, let's, let's do this. Let's see if I can do this, mm -hmm. if I can actually sustain that interest. And not only did I find that I could sustain that interest, but it wasn't enough time. Like that was like, I wanted more huh. of that. Huh. And I came home and I broke up with my theatrical agent and-, and Wow. And quick, <laughs> yeah. God. Like I actually need. There are tons of people who can do both. Yeah. Who do acting and playwriting and manage it beautifully yeah. and mm -hmm. do great. And I realize I'm not one of those. I actually need to dedicate all of my time to yeah. the writing and and just 
really only interested in you want primarily to that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, never say never. Maybe something, you know, if somebody comes up to me and it's like, we really need you to be Mrs. Lovett. Oh, right. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch I mean, that. Yeah, I would I, watch I, the crap out of that. I'm so I'm Tobias. Yeah, I'm just, I, I'll be Elizabeth. Bias. Great. I'm God. just putting it out there. I'm just going <laughs> to secret that into the universe. Let's you know? do it. Let's do it. I could go on tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but, but I'm really, you know, I, I'm somebody who needs to dedicate dedicate my time to the playwriting is now is the hustle of because now you know about the hustle of being an actor and a playwright would you how would you compare the two similar except that there are fewer opportunities for playwrights so it's, huh. it's which is not a complaint hustle? that's just true yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah so it's like it, if you are an actor and you know how few how few opportunities there are yeah. then just like look at the last show you did see how many actors there were on it there was one playwright Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably there yeah. could be there could have been more, yeah. but, but likely, usually yeah. there is a mm-hmm. playwright. Yeah, right. Um, so it, there are fewer opportunities, mm-hmm. but those opportunities, in theory, are more open. Well, there are fewer opportunities, and then like look at a theater season. How many of those plays? Unless it's a theater that is dedicated to new work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe maybe one play will be a new play. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. And that's not. I'm not saying that as a criticism. Like right. every theater should do the work that they want to do. But it's if, that much harder for a playwright to like get into right. a season. Yeah. So it's not even like if you're if a theater does six plays a season. Let's say it's a huge theater. They do six plays a season. That doesn't mean there are six opportunities for playwrights. Mm-hmm. Usually, at like best case scenario, that means there's maybe one yeah. right so it's it's really I think it's important to look at the math of, yeah. of yeah. that before you go into it and go like okay how hard do I want to work yeah how long do I want to wait right you know um and that's you know that's a tough that's a tough real thing um how long did you wait technically I mean did being at Loyola on their main stage that give you kind of a leg up or did you kind of have to start from scratch once you graduated? It did, and I also had to start from scratch. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody... And then I also had people reaching out to give me opportunities. I mean, it's every... It's, you know, one step forward, two steps back. And yeah. I think a lot of it is just finding the people who you want to work with, the people who inspire you, and then just telling them, like, hey, I want to work with you. How can we make that happen? Mm-hmm. And and not worrying about with what institution or with with... Uh, under what banner just mm-hmm. like you inspire me as an artist whether that's a costume designer or an actor yeah I think that's director. true of any any part of theater 100% yeah. being like yeah. how do, when do we get to do something that's together that's great yeah. and if it's at like mom and pop's ye community theater great mm-hmm. at least you're getting to work with that that person mm-hmm. who if you were honest with them you're like this person inspires me so we're going to do this work together and that's mm-hmm. a beautiful way of thinking about how to find work is who do I want to collaborate with? Find the with. people, yeah. Because yeah. I think we're, we're told, like, go after the theaters and send to this institution. And, you know, institutions have stacks as high as the ceiling of people who say, you should do my play. Mm-hmm. And and maybe you don't even, maybe that's not even the best fit. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that's not, maybe there's two people at that theater who are super exciting to you and the rest is just a name. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. Um, or you know you'd get a good production and that's why. But, like, look at the theater that you think you're excited by. Go see productions there Mm -hmm. and then what's the common thread that's most exciting to you is it the costumes Mm -hmm. is it that one actor in their in their rep who is so in their ensemble who Mm -hmm. always blows you away is it is it this one director whatever and then contact that person Mm -hmm. you know 
because that person maybe has five scripts that people have sent them, maybe. Right. And if they're a costume yeah. designer, maybe there's no one. Right, right, right. You know, because people, yeah. or if they're a sound designer, maybe no one has sent them a script. But sure. if you're like, I keep noticing the work you I are doing. I love your work, yeah. yeah. And how can we find a way to work together? Can we meet? Can I buy you coffee? That's a great way in, too. Mm-hmm. And it's a great conversation, regardless of what the outcome is. Yeah, yeah. you just get to meet, meet yeah. people like this. Yeah. What was your first... I feel like when I met you... Um, weren't you were a teaching artist and writing um, plays for youth at Northlight? Is that uh-huh. right? Yeah. And then, and then I think not like soon after that, did homosexuals happen, or am I getting my timeline Maybe. wrong? When did we meet? We meet like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, something yeah, like that. Yeah, how did you guys meet? I think meet? like at the Chopin Theater after a house through show Eric. through Eric in the dark. <laughs> yeah. They, they had dim lighting at the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, I feel like at the time we were just like, hey, because my husband was working at Northlight, mm. I know your husband, I'm working at Northlight, da 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 da. But like, right. I, I mean, we just met socially and we had a lot of mutual friends at that point. Uh, but homosexuals hadn't happened mm-mm. at that point, mm-hmm. but I it was, was about to. Yes. Yeah. And I was mostly writing for youth, for, yeah. uh, and I, which I do a lot. And I you still, still do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I really enjoy that. I, when I write for youth, it's usually for youth to perform. Mm -hmm. So for young performers. Mm -hmm. So, um, summer camps, church groups, theater camps, things like that, where you need 70 roles, most of them girls. Yeah. (laughs) All of them with between one and 25 lines. Yeah. So, uh, and I like that. I like that challenge. I like those parameters and it's, it's fun to do. And it still has that like Philip Dawkins wink. In all of those, there's I that. I guess so. I yeah. mean, they're they're all pretty. Um, they're just the stuff I would have wanted to do. Yeah, you know, and did as do. a kid, you know, yeah. I did those. Mm-hmm. The, I was a theater nerd, so yeah. I did those theater camp things. I yeah. know what I enjoyed doing. And that's that's a good place to start. Of yeah. let's just do a play that I would want to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Um, absolutely. Uh, did you do? Two, uh, wasn't there like two surf dude whales or? Something? What's oh, uh, sea lions. Sea lions. Sea lions. Yeah. Were, like bros my, my or slacker something. Sea lions. Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. Biff and Otis. Biff based and Otis. Otis. Based on a real story. Biff and Otis are real sea lions. I met them. I interviewed them. They're uh, <laughs> they're at the shed, and they were. This was a commission from Northlight. Devin DeMaio, who that's at right. the time was their uh, youth director, yeah. wrote me and sent me this article from the paper, and she's like, "I feel like we have our next story." And it, it was these sea lions off the coast of Oregon, California sea lions, who instead of going up, which is a very, uh, there's this, this natural, um, what's the word, instinct, instinctual thing that these California sea lions do is they go out on a sea forage once a year at a certain time when the fish are all out because of weather patterns or whatever, and they basically just eat everything. <laughs> And it's part of population control. It's a very natural thing. And then they come back and they like sleep for a month and don't eat. That sounds, sounds like, like the best life that ever. That sounds like me. That yeah. sounds like his name. It's yeah. just your spring break. Yeah, it's my spring break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm about so to start. Right. They spring break and they do that. Well, for whatever reason, these two sea lions uh, did not go with the pack. They did not. Instead, they walked on foot 200 miles inland to a salmon fishery, to a salmon farm, jumped in the salmon vats, <laughs> and ate every single fish hey like, those are too smart, smart yeah I mean lots of omega 3s right. well they made themselves very sick and they also <laughs> like bankrupted this farmer oh no so they tagged them you know cause they're like you're not coming back they're in no way an endangered species <laughs> so 
you can actually you can put sea lions down. Oh, thank you. Enjoy's getting me more coffee. Yes. <laughs> it's whiskey infused. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, and so they dropped them back out in the middle of the ocean. Yep. And then, like a month later, they were back and did it again. They're like, we know now. Yeah, we and know. So the the state of Oregon was gonna put them down. It was gonna exterminate them. But before they did, they put out a call to different um, aquariums in the world and said, "Does anybody want these? <laughs> no joke, oh, cl- like clinically obese <laughs> sea lions." And the shed was like, "That's a thing." We Who want. will buy? The <laughs> shed <laughs> will buy. The shed will buy because they were the size of like a Chevy Tahoe. Oh they were so. <laughs> Big. Wait, were their names Biff and Otis? Yeah, their names. Oh, that's Biff and Otis. amazing. That's kind of the awesome. Sh- the shed um, names their animals after locations where they because so many of their animals are rescues mm. or are undesirable animals for other tourist attractions. Sure. Way, like they have that sea tortoise who is whose buoyancy is messed up because it was caught in a propeller and its butt is always higher than its head. Oh, have you seen this? No. It's the sweetest thing. So oh. they they actually do a lot of taking animals that are undesirable for other oh. places. Wow. And these guys were morbidly obese. It was like a, a health problem because oh, they ate so much. And they're tattooed on the they've been tagged. So they have oh. like tattoos on their neck, like two, four, six, oh one, you know. Um, <laughs> and they took them and they named they named their animals after spots where they've been rescued or located. So mm-hmm. these came from island called Biff and some Otis, I don't know. They're islands. That's They're islands amazing. The yeah, and cool. they looked like islands when they came to the shed. They were so, that was so perfect. huge. <laughs> That's insane. So we wrote a play about these like slacker sea lions. Like, I don't feel like going out there. It, it was basically about like being so lazy That's that awesome. you end up doing more work and yeah. then actually being rewarded for it. That's awesome. <laughs> like, what a great thing to do with uh, junior hires, yeah. right? Like the, the power That's, of being lazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and getting Who rewarded. can't identify to that? Right. That is incredible. Right. Cool. So do you get a lot of inspiration? I mean, from that story, it's, it's you know, true life. It happened. Yeah, do you, yeah. For your other plays, does that, do you get a lot of inspiration? I know uh, Charm, Charm, Charm was like that. That was yeah. a real story. Are most of your plays based off of truth? or are, I'd say about half and half. Half and a, half. A lot of them are. Um, that's interesting. I said, I, w- I would say that Charm was the first play I wrote about people who are alive, who are li- oh. who I, who oh. I see... <laughs> who I see on a day to, I mean, I talked with Mama Gloria yesterday, you know, who's, who's inspired that play. Yeah. So, uh, and that was a specific, uh, it was nerve wracking. Like there's a higher bar of responsibility when you're writing about people, you know, you're going to have lunch with on Thursday. And they're going to see it. And they're yeah. Gonna, yeah. So how did that, like, how did, how did that process go? Did you just interview? Did you do a lot of research with her? Uh, I did a lot of interviewing with her and hanging out with her. And then I, uh, I, so charm is about, uh, there's a, a woman named Gloria Allen in Chicago who, uh, volunteers to, uh, uh teach an etiquette class mm-hmm. at the center on Halstead for, um, trans youth in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's open to anybody, but the idea is it's, it's for trans youth. And she, she herself is trans. Um, and so I attended the class for six months um, with full transparency. Everybody knew who I was and that I was writing. Your purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, what I was doing there. And yeah. you know, let me know if, if something happens in class. A, if you ever would like me to leave. And B, if, if there's something that happens that you would like me not to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and I reminded everybody of that frequently mm-hmm. um but so I, I did a lot of a lot of that and then a lot of other research you know 
again, open one door and there's seven more behind it. So you get in there and realize, oh, there's 5,000 stories in here. Where, what do I research? Where do I go? But um, it was, it, it, it's nerve wracking to think like, I got to get this right because this isn't just a, this isn't a historical person. This is somebody I know and care about, you mm-hmm. know, uh, have become friends with. Mm-hmm. And I said to Gloria one day, it was like, what do you think, you know, because I'm a, I'm a cisgender white male. Mm-hmm. And um, she's a, a, a woman of a certain age. Mm-hmm. She's African American and she's trans. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you think about me, uh, you know, telling possibly your story. Yeah. writing your voice? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you think about me sitting down? Like, when you picture me doing this, what do you think? She said, oh, I don't care. Just make me sound fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Except that, like, and you were successful. Didn't relieve any pressure from me. No. It's like, oh, just make yourself oh, happy. Okay, sure. okay, great. 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 I'll, okay. Just, I'll just do that. Although, you Let know, it free you, fellow. It's she is naturally fabulous, so I just had to just sound like her as much as possible. That's and awesome. it, and That's it awesome. worked. But yeah. I love that. Yeah. So she did a lot to actually sort of relieve pressure at the same time sure. as being like, get it right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but she came to the show a lot, A right? lot, yeah. She was a very, she was very involved. With, she, and did she, and she did talkbacks. She did talkbacks. She amazing. came. She, she was very visibly present. So, I mean, there's the, there's the nerves of having to write somebody write for somebody right. or as somebody mm-hmm. but then our our actor Dexter who was playing her oh, in the show and and had a lot of direct address in the show and Different had to like pressure. look out and, and see her yeah. wow. in the audience in that small Steppenwolf garage in small yeah. Steppenwolf garage yeah. but he uh, he very much said that he, he told me that he took a lot of power from that because she's such a giver oh. you know, Gloria is such a giver she's so generous she's there to see other people succeed and uh, she was very much cheering him on. So That's it beautiful. became like a, a, a great way for him to just start the show, walk out there and be like, there's Gloria, she's got me. I can give this yeah. to, you know, oh. like more of a circle of energy rather than, oh crap, better get this right. That's <laughs> you know? stunning. And that's, that's also awesome. kind of written into the play totally. in that way. The, totally. That how you wrote her, that, that energy is already in that character. So mm-hmm. how yeah. gorgeous that that was feeding the actor portraying right. her. Yeah. Was I, I and I you and I uh, had other conversations about this, um, the casting of oh, Charm. Oh. Like how how tough was it? What did you guys need to go through to get get that beautiful ensemble of people? Yeah. And um, what conversations? It was tough, and there were lots of conversations. And it was so Northlight Theater commissioned Charm, um, and produced it. Um, and Lynn Baber is their casting uh, casting director, who spent a good part of two years uh, actively searching across the country, and I think even outside the country for it, because um, it's a nine nine character cast, and I believe let me see one two, and and I think six of those characters are trans or gender nonconforming or gender variant, mm-hmm. um, so. <laughs> that's a big and and um I think there are two characters who can be white mm-hmm. if like if they have if to they, be well it doesn't it doesn't yeah. really matter yeah. it changes the dynamic a little sure. bit or whatever but mm-hmm. everybody else is they're all based on specific people so they were all very uh it was a very it's a very specific cast um and finding that was was rough yeah. uh and I would say it was very damning of theater history in the United States, I think, in that, so the, the character inspired by Mama is 67, mm-hmm. African-American trans woman, and could not 
find that woman who is an actor mm-hmm. who can carry the show. Yeah. Of course, we can find those women. Like they exist. They, like, they no, need that, to be yeah. able to like use the language. But someone and, yeah. who can, someone who is an actor. Yeah. And younger people, we could, we were able to find. Uh, it was a, it was a little more difficult to find younger people of color. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, or this is the positive thing: uh, younger actors who weren't booked. Right. Yeah. Which is which is great. Right. You know, like, okay, mm-hmm. cool, you're working. But I took their names, I gave those people's names to the next production that was doing it, like, right. called these people. They, they might be ready then. Right. Yeah, yeah, they might yeah. be free now. Yeah. You know, I've started making a, a list of people. I, who... I might need to ask for that list after this And so I think it says a lot about, like, where we've come from and that space was not made for that person. Right. earlier right. you know like when that person was young they got out of the game because mm-hmm. people weren't willing to they didn't know if they were needed or wanted or may or probably right. were told you there's no place for you yeah or there wasn't even you. roles for them right too. yeah like if if you're 25 and you're an actor and somebody says to you you will never play lady macbeth like then what are you doing yeah like then get out of the what game. do like, i do here yeah, yeah. what what's what's the point i'm never gonna be you know, I'm never going to get, I'll never be Mrs. Lovett. Might yeah. as well quit. Right. You know, and, and that could be for any number of reasons. It could, it could be race. It could be disability. It could be gender expression. You know, like mm-hmm. whenever you show up and give your truth to the world and they're like, I disagree with your truth. It's like, get out of that game. So I think, and we are still, you know, there's another production happening in, uh, Minnesota. Minneap- uh, yeah, yeah. At Minneapolis at Mixed Blood. Oh, Mixed Blood. I love them. I do too. And they were able to find trans actors for their oh. show. Yeah, what is which that? Is, I want to see it. That's um, amazing. It's coming up. They start rehearsals this week. I want to say, and and I have to say, just just in the like year and a half since we were casting, oh, yeah. and now, oh, Andy, Andy is in agreement with this. This dog, this dog loves. My dog casting. is very trans friendly. Friendly dog. There has been so much progress in in just in the world in terms of now oh, there's wow. a right, <laughs> right? Um, there's like an entire casting agency in New York for trans actors. There's uh, which a year ago was not a thing. Yeah, or I, I didn't find it, and we sure. researched a sure. lot. Sure, you would have so found it. Lynn. Yeah, and wow. so there's just more. It's moving so fast, like the change. <laughs> she's really passionate like, about this change is happening and it's yeah, exciting yeah. and i think well and opportunity i think part of that is because opportunities like charm like transparent like these written. things they people are being told that they're wanted mm-hmm. yeah when you build it they can come but the thing that i will say for the so for mixed blood last time i spoke with them this could be not true now but last time i spoke with them they still were not able to find uh a, an actress in her 70s African-American trip to play the lead. Yeah. But I think that that's, yes, you make space, but it's like... It's a generational make, thing. It's a generational yeah. thing. Like that person probably went into something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and might not have the, the language skills necessary or... Yeah. Or, yeah. or, or you know, also let's let's be real. You know, we lived, we lived through the 80s. We lived through a lot of violence. You know, they're probably not alive. They might Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think it's... Mama Gloria, the real person, is a very, very special woman, and yeah. uh, and I met a lot of people like her, yeah. but um, not really in the theater world. So I think we need to look at like who did we not make space for, and now we don't have those. 
No, we don't have those actors. And if you are this actor and you're listening to this, you're like, nobody's called me. Call me. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll put an email on the podcast. Yeah, call me. Philip is looking for you. I need because charm needs to. I I believe charm needs to be done. Well, let's go to Minnesota. I'm serious. I'm from Minnesota. Are you where you from? I'm from Rochester, Minnesota. And I know I I with the Mayo Clinic. Oh yeah, my dad worked there. Oh nice. My dad worked there. Yeah. But yeah, I I did. You know, some theater in Minneapolis, and I know Mixed Blood, and I love Minneapolis. Yeah, they're great. Uh, Minneapolis is being very good to me recently. So yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Are they, what else are they uh, The Jungle Theater is doing Jungle, uh, yes. The Switch. Oh, they are? Okay. Uh, and, uh, and then I have a, a play coming up with Children's Theater Company uh, next great. season. Yeah, which I'm very excited about. Oh, yeah. What else? I was just going to say, like, what else is, like... Coming up, for uh, you. are you writing any? Th- are you writing any new plays? Are you? Or is there a lot of productions coming up? Or? Yeah, I'm writing some new plays. I'm writing a play. I'm writing a commission for Raven Theater here in Chicago. I'm writing. A, I wrote something for mm. Sideshow Theater. We'll see what happens with that. And, you know, I'm always wasting time in some way. <laughs> so. With other people, though. With other people, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yes. Just yeah. Just Nobody's it. paying us. Um, <laughs> hey, I have, a, I have a question or a statement. Would you would you tell us about Donald Gross? Nope. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh fine. <laughs> no, I will. Why, why don't you tell us about? Well, I, I I want to hear it from you, and 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 um, I hear Nate it. has no idea. What I don't I'm know what you're talking about, about, so I want to know. <laughs> Donald Gross. I had to think about. I'm like, who do I know this person? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when I was a child actor, child acting, uh, I was on an episode of Party of Five yeah. called Falsies. Falsies. <laughs> the was called Falsies. <laughs> the second episode of the second season and I played a kid named Donald Gross who tried to hit on uh, Lacey Chabert's character, Claudia because it was the first day of junior high or something and she had bought a padded bra because she felt insecure and I was like all about that padded bra. You're a boob dude. I was a boob dude. Donald Gross is a boob dude. And he was also like, he didn't Respect boundaries. <laughs> he didn't handsy, a little handsy. He wasn't handsy. He just like didn't have a very large personal space bubble. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of maybe just didn't pick up on social cues. Also, was just twelve. <laughs> so, so a lot was happening with poor Donald Gross and, and poor Claudia. Oh. And then she like goes in the bathroom, takes the bra off, and leaves. And then Donald Gross is not about our life. Yeah. So what do you think Donald Gross is today? Yeah. Yeah. What's he doing? What is he doing? I mean, I think like he's three a, wives. He's no. He's in the tech industry. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the tech industry. He lives in Silicon Valley. He, like he created an app. That yes. Yeah. Like, yes. It, it like times when it like lets you know when it's time to pump. <laughs> right. And he's, you know, he's living comfortably. It works. It's good. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for indulging me. No I just, that was like, I was bubbling, bubbling. Oh, that's service. amazing. There's always that moment when I'm like teaching a new group of students to like figure out which student is going to come to me first and be like, I found your actor real. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Here's the thing about I want to go. Dawkins. I want to watch it he's now. He's a good actor. I, I want to go watch actor. this now. And also, girl. that little boy could not be anyone else other than Philip Dawkins. Like, that is definitely you. 
as a little kid. <laughs> so cute. cute. So, so cute. He's me. It's oh a little weird. Oh my god, that kid. It's a little weird. Right. But it was fun. You know, and I think the thing is, like, I, I loved doing that. I yeah. really loved mm-hmm. I had parents who were happy to support me doing whatever I wanted to do. If I'd wanted to do T-ball, they'd have been all in. If I wanted to do acting, they knew nothing about theater. But you film. sought that out. I sought that out, and then they, they helped me with it when they saw that that was something I wanted to do. So that was on I did I did uh, work with a lot of kids who that was not the case, where sure. it was their parents' dream, and yeah. they were miserable, yep. and I felt so horrible for yeah. them. You know? There's yeah. a lot of that. There's yeah. a lot of that out of there. Yeah. Um, so when I when I work with kids, I'm always on the. I always want to know their parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always want to know yeah. like, who whose idea is this? Right. Do you want to be here? Yeah. yeah. And there's always that kid who doesn't want to be there, yeah. and I feel like that's valid. It's like you know, this kid wants to take soccer. Yeah. Like why? You know, I know it's convenient for you to drop brother and sister off at the same place, but right. like she wants to take soccer. Get there's, out and of there's here. also yeah. another kid who wants to be in that spot. Yeah. And, exactly. You know, yeah. Exactly. So and I I realize it's difficult to raise kids, especially multiple kids, and get them off to different activities and stuff but like if you don't want to be in the theater and this industry is rough it's too it's too damaging to your kids to make them do it it's not it's not good for them to make them do it it's not like history or math it's like you have to do it no you don't have to do theater no no it's not a requirement it's so true although it should be once I think for everybody try it yeah yeah Yeah, but that's how you know if you watch what happens yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh oh I have one great final question at a buffet, do you oh, have a strategy? At a buffet? Yes. What yes, I do. I have a very See? Nate. I have a very specific strategy. It's don't eat at the buffet. <laughs> it's oh my strategy god, too. is that your strategy? I said the same thing. I think they're so disgusting. <laughs> Has I this always been the so case? Gross. No, I used to be like pile it all on. And See, then, that's my question. Yes. I was once See? at a buffet where I saw a a, a person <laughs> do something. That changed my opinion. Oh, no. Buffet, no. So, yeah. so now you don't buffet, but your your strategy used to be just one plate Everything. with lots of things of on, or multiple plates with multiple trips. <laughs> well, I'm a Virgo, so I don't like my food to touch. Sure. Mm. Now, if we're talking, if it's Mexican food or Chinese or Indian, it can touch. Sure. Because like because I want, they should smoosh all together. They should smoosh all together. Yeah. It's all good. If yeah. it's anything it's else, mortgage board. Yeah. yeah. Like if I'm at the Sizzler, I want everything in a different. You know, yeah. <laughs> so you'll go back for different. I'm also plates. never at the Sizzler. Why like, are you at the Sizzler? Oh, because you don't like buffets. Yeah, sure. I, I don't like buffets, <laughs> and I'm a vegetarian. Like Sizzler is just place. Pasta bar, pasta bar, that's it. <laughs> oh my god, oh, that's man. exactly. Oh. I do like a cafeteria though. Interesting. Because you go through and they do it for you and they're on the other side of that yeah. productive And like, then there's that like plastic barrier. glass. Yeah, the like yeah. bulletproof glass <laughs> right. in the bank. That's for what some I need reason. <laughs> Great. Great, that makes sense to me. That's amazing. Um, that's the that's all. It. Those are the. That was the most it. important question I had for you You're today. Really I love that. that you have the same answer as me. That makes me so happy. We're it's gonna real. find one person who has a strategy buffet. at yeah. the buffet. They're gonna be from Vegas though, <laughs> and it's gonna be like a cultural thing. That's real. Yeah. I will say, like, I have a strategy of what I eat first on my plate, which is uh, eat the thing that you don't mind eating cold last. Oh, right. so if there's, if there's fries and a burger, eat the fries first. Yeah, because you don't fries want to do that. No, no, you that's not bad. But a cold that's burger, that's not fine. so bad. That's how right. you can deal with that. Yeah. Veggie burger. Okay. I think that's smart. Right. Smart. Thank awesome. you, Philip, for your wisdom. Thank you. Oh. Thanks for coming. <laughs> you learn anything. To us. <laughs> Eat, eat the, the thing that you eat don't. Eat the thing first that you don't want to eat cold. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing this down. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> no, put it on my tombstone. 
he ate the fries first. <laughs> we'll know what that means. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to Specific Overtures and our interview with Philip Dawkins. Check out our blog at specificovertures.wix.com forward slash my site. You can always listen to our podcast on SoundCloud or Apple iTunes. Tune in next week for another great guest.